So we here at Daily Gospel previously did a video called, Do We Choose God or Does God Choose Us? And we answered that with a big yes. God chooses us and we choose him. And, and we just want to give a little further uh, clarity in that by saying uh, that God chose us to be saved before the world began. Yep. And so his choice comes first and then ours comes later yeah. as a result but of that. But both are real choices and both are mm-hmm. essential choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I think we were very clear about that um, in that first video. Right. Right. But. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we saw that there was a lot of interaction and a lot of uh, strong opinions um, when sure. it came to that topic. Um, and so some people think we're heretics. Yeah. So sure. we're sure. here to either confirm or deny that for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll get into this a little more. My favorite, yeah. com- I don't know, I don't remember the exact comment, but it stuck out to me because it was like, um, this is lies, like, this is false doctrine. Clearly, you guys are smart, but this is terrible. You guys need to repent. And, I, and my takeaway from that was like, wow, they think we're smart. That's nice. Yeah, that's really wow, nice. Wow, that's yeah. encouraging. We'll I'm, take encouraged. It. I'm encouraged. <laughs> take the good. So, the no, we love, we love all the comments and uh, the interactions. And I've, I just figured out kind of how to keep track of them right, and how right. that works on YouTube. So I am trying to respond to those comments if I think I have something valuable to add. So um, please keep them coming, whether mm-hmm. whether you agree and are saying amen or whether you have a challenge or a question, because this is what we want to do today is answer one of those big questions. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, let's start by getting into a couple of those questions. Um, I, I just want to start with this one for you to respond to. So, so Ben says, I really appreciate you guys, but even if we are dead spiritually, we still have a mind, and God says that we are without excuse by seeing the creation and we are a free agent. We have to make the first move towards God. We have a choice to choose God ourselves. That's the reason the Father sent his Son. It's the gospel that's the power to salvation. We hear the gospel and make a choice to either submit or reject him as Lord and Savior, or either we are robots. Calvinism is out incorrect doctrine. That's what I believe, and we can disagree, but still love the Lord and be saved. Amen. Okay. Okay. Yes. So there's a lot there. Again, in the video, we talked about how our choice is real, how we're not robots. God doesn't force us to make a choice, mm-hmm. um, but how the Bible is so clear that God's in control of everything. So we're going to dig into that in this video right. and kind of bring more clarity to that. But no, the options are not either I'm fully in control of everything in my own destiny or I'm a robot. The Bible clearly, it gives us so much, so much uh, information about how God is both fully in control and yet our choices are real. So we're going to show that, I hope, in a very definitive way that will, I hope, blow your minds (laughs) to the glory of God that you'll you'll worship him because of it. Right. And so going on to uh, Marie's comment who said, so we have no chose. We have no chose. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Uh, no, we have. We, yes. So we'll be, be addressing that. <clears throat> we have a choice. Yes. So again, said this very clearly, but I, under, I understand. I'm not at all frustrated with that. I understand that that's the natural objection is to say, wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. If God determines everything, because our natural bent is to look at the world around us and say, yeah, I'm in control. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I'm the captain of my ship, right? Yeah. I'm the commander of my destiny. Mm-hmm. No, there's no one who controls it. And you look at scripture and it, it says clearly God is in control. Ephesians 1.11, right? Mm-hmm. In him, meaning in Jesus, we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined 
according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Mm-hmm. So that clearly states that everything that happens, all things work according to the counsel of God's will. They work for his purposes, according to his plan. Right. God is in control of every detail of human history. Right. There's no exception to it. And as soon as we enter into this this mindset of some things are just luck or they're outside of God's control, mm-hmm. we're talking as pagans do. This is, and this is not within Christianity. And again, whether you call yourself Calvinist or Arminian, we believe as Christians, God is fully in control. Okay, yep. So we're just going to talk about how do we figure that out, how do we reconcile that with human freedom? That's the only question. Right. It's not whether God's in control, it's how does that work. Yeah. Without me being a robot. Absolutely. Yeah. So do we have free will? Then? Do we have free will? That's the question mm-hmm. for today. So first, the, to, to answer this question, to dig into this a little bit, we have to define what free will is. Because so often when I see two people discussing this, they're talking past each other. So mm-hmm. one person is defining free will in one sense as more of a, I can make a choice. Mm-hmm. Another person's defining it as I can, I'm totally unbound by sin or by any other things that would inhibit my choice. Mm -hmm. So we have to be clear as to what we're saying. So does it mean, does free will, or uh, let's just talk about freedom. Does freedom in making a real choice, does that mean I'm making my own choices or does it mean that I can choose anything? Those are two very different things. So let me kind of explain that. Mm -hmm. So if you take the second definition that I can do anything, then what you're saying is that, right, we, we can... We don't, we're not re- restricted by things. Mm-hmm. We can make a free choice. A- and of course, there's a lot of things that would limit that. So when yeah. you think about it, there's a lot of factors that limit your ability to choose anything that you might want to choose. Yeah. One very obvious one mm-hmm. would be physical circumstances. The, the laws of nature or just where you were born or things like this, right? Mm-hmm. So you may want to fly by flapping your arms like wings mm-hmm. and you want to take off. But the laws of physics and the and the shape of your body and how you're made would prevent that. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Physics and physical circumstances prevent that. Or if somebody you know really wants to go travel the world, mm-hmm. but they're chained up in prison, mm-hmm. well, other people are inhibiting your ability to make a free choice. Right. Right. So there's limitations like that. Those things are pretty obvious. And even when we speak of, you know, often we speak of God choosing people people say, well, it's not fair if God wouldn't give everyone the same opportunity. Mm-hmm. But already, just in this first point, we all run into a problem, which is that different people are born in different circumstances, yeah. often just physical circumstances that prohibit them from ever receiving the gospel. Right, that's easily observable in yeah. the world around us. I mean, the people, yeah. I don't know, living on Easter Island, mm-hmm. when you know the Apostle Paul was ministering in, in Europe, yeah. they never got the gospel. Yeah. And they didn't get a fair chance. And we know from Romans 10 that faith comes by hearing, right? Mm-hmm. You need to hear the word of God. No one ever brought that message to them. So those people are condemned. That makes no sense. It's not fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But these limitations show us that we all run into this problem if we're being honest about what Scripture says. Right. So there's certain limitations like that, just the circumstances you're in, the laws of nature. There's also limitations given to you, though, that are internal. So one limitation would be your own desires. Mm-hmm. So certain, certain choices are, in a sense, only going to go one direction because of what you want, what you right. love, what your heart desires. So if I gave you the choice between, you know, I had you over for dinner and I said, I could either make you a steak dinner or I could cook up a scorpion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, because, you're pretty good on the Traeger. So yeah. So the Scorpion could be good. You, no. never, you never know. <laughs> no, I'm going to pick the steak every time. Yeah, of course. Right. Because you're saying, well, I don't have any natural desire for <laughs> this other thing. Right. So my desires are going to going to push me in one direction, yeah. inevitably, mm-hmm. because of who you are, because of what you desire. So the, in, in this regard, even you could say, in terms of character, in terms of desires, even God himself has limitations in a sense, mm-hmm. right? Like we always yeah. say that God can do anything. Well, God is all-powerful, mm-hmm. but God can't do anything because God can't do evil. Right. God can't sin. God can't lie. Right? Hebrews 6.18 says it is impossible for God to lie. Yeah. What, you're saying it's impossible for God to do something? Well, yes, because of who he is. So his nature, his desires, what he wills, limits that he will never do something like lie. Yeah. So your desires limit you. And also, of course, a huge one is your sin nature. Your sin nature yeah. limits um, how you're gonna how you're gonna live, what choices you're gonna make. So the Bible says that in our natural state, we are dead in our sin, mm-hmm. and we're enslaved to sin. Yeah. So in John eight thirty four, Jesus says, "Everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin." So we could talk about the specifics of what that means, mm-hmm. but it can't mean anything less than that you are in some sense restricted right. by sin. Mm-hmm. That you that you're chained up, that you're going to do what sin demands that you do, and of course, if you're a Christian today, you know that there was a time when you were living in a pattern of sin that you couldn't break out of. Yeah, you could choose a different sin, mm-hmm. you could replace yeah. it with a different sort of self worship, but you couldn't truly know and love God. You were enslaved to, to sin. Yeah, so th- it means that there's certain things that you can't do. Right. And Romans eight seven through eight, we also I think quoted this in the last video, but it's important. It says for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Mm-hmm. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Right. So you cannot follow God's law if you're bound in sin. Mm-hmm. So clearly, there are limitations to what you're able to choose based upon the sin nature. Right. That's yep. just beyond dispute. And again, I think you'd have to be a full-on Pelagian to not accept that. Right. So. So clearly, if we're asking the question, do we have freedom to make any choice? Mm-hmm. The answer is no, clearly, in many, many different ways. But many people, when they ask the question about free will, they're, they're not asking that. They're just saying, do I actually make real choices? Right. You know, when I, when I, are my choices real? Is there any actual will? Yeah, is this just an illusion? Mm-hmm. Like you always hear, you're like, did, when I woke up this morning, like, did I choose this shirt or did this shirt choose me? Right. You know, like that kind of stuff. It's like... <laughs> No, I mean, don't don't overthink it. Don't go beyond scripture. Mm-hmm. Clearly, yeah. the Bible indicates that we make real choices. And this has been a big emphasis for us in the last video as well. We make real choices. The Bible is clear. You're not a robot. God calls us to make choices, and he holds us responsible for the choices that we make. Yeah. He, he judges people. The whole judgment idea is based upon that you are responsible for what you do or don't do, mm-hmm. what you commit or omit in your life you are responsible one day for that. Right. So God is both in control of every aspect of human life. Mm-hmm. He's in control of every detail, but also the Bible says that our choices are real and they're not coerced by some outside force. Right. Both of those things are true. And this is the idea of compatibilism. Mm-hmm. And in, in philosophy, it's known as compatibilism, meaning that there's the determinism that there's someone out there who controls the future, God, right. is compatible, that idea is compatible with our choices and our responsibility, that we are free to make choices and that we're responsible for those choices. Yeah. Both of those things exist simultaneously. Right, right. So all of that is good and, and it gets us so far, but the real question would be then, what does the Bible 
teach. Yeah, what does it have to say about this? Yeah, so that's that's the key. So let's look at a few passages. So one question we, we could ask is, who sold, in the book of Genesis, who sold Joseph into slavery? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it, was it God or was it men? Of course, we see in the story that Joseph's brothers sell him into slavery. They put him in chains. But at the end of Joseph's life, Joseph... You know, observing something that's true here, mm-hmm. says this in Genesis fifty twenty. Speaking to his brothers, he said, "As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today." Mm-hmm. So there's one action that happened, which was an evil action, a sinful action, mm-hmm. and he's saying the brothers meant it against him for evil, mm-hmm. and God meant it for good. So he, God obviously had a hand over this entire situation that yes. was going on. For, yeah. to, to be able to intend, that's the idea of you meant it, right? right. You had an intention in this action mm-hmm. means that you were actively involved in this in some way. Right. So in some way that is not God causing sin or creating sin, mm-hmm. God is using this sinful event. It's fully under his control and he's using it for his good purposes. Right. Which, as we know, are the salvation of the world, the, the known world at that time, right? Absolutely. Saving many, many lives from a famine. Hmm. So, and it, and it not only saves those lives, but it saves... God's people, Israel, in their kind of embryonic form mm-hmm. as the 12 tribes and gets them to a place where they're able to become a great nation and bring salvation to the world. So God's right. whole plan of salvation rides on this, and God is fully in control of this evil action, yeah. taking it and using it for his own purposes. Or what about you know the question of who hardened Pharaoh's heart? A very common question yeah. that, that people deal with. Again, the Bible is clear that God hardens Pharaoh's heart mm-hmm. and Pharaoh hardens Pharaoh's heart. Yeah. yeah. So, so in, yeah, so in Exodus 7, 3, God is giving instructions to Moses, and he says, Exodus 7, 3, he says, but I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and though I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my hosts, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by the great acts of judgment. So I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. Mm-hmm in order to accomplish salvation. So God has a plan that includes Pharaoh being hardened. And the idea of hardening your heart is being resistant against God. So he Mm -hmm. strengthens himself, he fortifies himself in his sin to to resist God. But then the first time we hear of Pharaoh's heart being hardened is 8.15. Right. Exodus 8.15, where it says, when Pharaoh saw there was a, a respite, he hardened his heart and would not listen to them, as the Lord had said. So mm-hmm. it references back to chapter 7 and saying this is the fulfillment of God hardening Pharaoh's heart, is that right. Pharaoh hardened his own heart. Yep. And then yeah. later, it'll say God hardened Pharaoh's heart, right? So it's, wait, it's w- both. which, which yeah. is it? Yeah, well, God is so in control of this that God is not causing Pharaoh to sin. He's already evil. He already has desire to sin, but God right. is in some sense strengthening him, allowing him to continue in this sin right. because it works for his purposes. So yeah. God's de- determinism, God's in control, and Pharaoh freely chooses sin. Yeah. So God will one day judge Pharaoh because he freely chose the sin. Yeah. Or yeah. another one, who killed King Saul? Mm-hmm. First Chronicles 10, 4 says, Saul took his own sword and fell upon it. So Saul commits suicide. He kills himself. And then a few verses later in verse 13, it says, or so verse 14, it says, um, because of his sins, the Lord put Saul to death and turned the kingdom over to David. Wow. So Saul killed Saul or God killed Saul? And the answer again is yes. Both of those are true. God is fully in control, even of a sinful human action like that. 
That's yeah. the outworking of his judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Scripture's showing us both of these at the same time that, yeah, they're, they're both true. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorites is Isaiah chapter 10, which I think is so interesting. And it's speaking to God speaking to Assyria. So the prophet speaking to Assyria, mm-hmm. who's going to come and destroy the nation of Israel. That's what happens in Isaiah's time. They're going to come take over the land. And God is showing that it's his purposes that are going to be worked out through Assyria. And even the way that he talks about this is so fascinating. Like, hmm. read this and think on this and think about what it implies about both God's control and human freedom. It's so fascinating. Isaiah 10, 5. He says, Woe to Assyria, the rod of my anger. The staff in their hands is my fury. So he starts off by saying, Assyria is my rod. So it's my instrument for my anger, right? And when they are, their staff or their offensive weapon is my fury. So they're doing what God wants them to do. Hmm. He says, against a godless nation, I send him. And against the people of my wrath, I command him to take spoil and seize plunder and to tread them down like the mire of the streets. So he's saying clearly that when, when a, Assyria is doing this, going to war against yeah. Israel, they're accomplishing God's purposes. He's even saying, I command mm. him. Wow. So I, I'm in control, but is that how the, the king of Assyria feels? Right. Well, verse 7 says, but he does not so intend, <laughs> and his heart does not so think, but it is in his heart to destroy and to cut off nations, not a few. So what he's saying is, he's not thinking this way. He doesn't, it's kind of like Genesis 50, 20. He doesn't mean this for good mm-hmm. to execute my judgment, but that's what I intend through him. Right. So he's, he's going out with his own free choices and saying, I'm going to, I'm going to take over some nations, right? I'm going to, right. I'm going to do all these things. And God is saying, I'm accomplishing my purposes through him. Right. And later in, in Isaiah 10, 15, he says, shall the ax referring now to the king of Assyria, Shall the axe boast over him who hews with it, or the saw magnify itself against him who wields it? As if a rod should wield him who lifts it, or as if a staff should lift him who is not wood. In other words, he's saying, are you going to boast over me when you're the tool in my hand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, of course not. So God, so God is saying, he's my tool. He accomplishes my purpose. But at the same time, he's clear that he is making a free choice toward his own ends. Right. He has an intention. He has a a free choice that's made here. And yet God is so great, so in control that he's using that free choice for mm-hmm. his eternal plan. Right. And I'm right. sorry, like, does this, does this make God... Okay, so clearly the Bible is so clear here. He's not a robot. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. option's off the table. Does this make God bigger, greater right. than just saying God can't help it? He can't be in control of that. Yeah. He's doing the best he can. Well, I mean, absolutely. I mean, this is such an amazing statement about who God is. And it oh, shows yeah. us just how much his control extends. That there's nothing, as Romans, Romans 8 talks about, right? There's mm-hmm. nothing that can separate us from the love of God. He's so in control yeah. that even human evil, even our own failings can't separate us from God. Yeah. No, it's, it's amazing. Humans are playing checkers and God's playing 4D chess <laughs> at all times. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. There, there's a bunch more we could go to. Here's one that yeah. I thought was, was uh, interesting which is the betrayal of Jesus. And of course, the whole mm-hmm. crucifixion of Jesus is an amazing testament to God's control over human evil, mm-hmm. right? Because this was prophesied from, I mean, really, it's the earliest prophecy in Scripture, Genesis right. 3.15, that Jesus is going to come to crush the head of the serpent. And there's countless prophecies, but it always includes 
right? Him being injured, him being killed. So even that first prophecy is he's going to be wounded, but he'll crush the serpent. Right. So that's always been in view is that Jesus has to die. And then later we see in the Psalms that there's going to be a betrayal that happens, right? Mm -hmm. So Luke 22, verse 21, Jesus is speaking and he says, Behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table, for the Son of Man goes as it has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another which of them it could be who was going to do this. So God is clearly saying this is determined, mm-hmm. this is fixed. Yeah. That word um, means can mean appointed or to give someone a task. Mm-hmm. So Jesus has to die. He has to be betrayed. He has to die. And at the same time, woe to the one who actually puts this into motion. Yeah. So yeah. Judas is not coerced by God. Mm-hmm. And yet Judas is fulfilling the prophecies of God and acting exactly in concert with God's purposes right. that Jesus would be killed so we could be saved. Yeah, God, God is so in control of the death of Jesus, the worst event in human history, that Isaiah 53.10 can say it was the will of God to crush him. Mm-hmm. It was his will yeah. that the worst evil in history would happen, the death of the Son of God, mm-hmm. but at the hands of sinners. And yet God is not responsible. He's not, he's not uh, culpable for this crime. He's not causing this crime. Yeah, That's an amazing like, tension that we have to hold there. But it's so clearly stated in Scripture that how can you possibly deny it? But it goes back to exactly what you were saying with Joseph, right? Like, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. Yeah. Like, that is, like, so much of the story of Scripture, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you can look back to that a thousand times, you know, and see it's like, wow, God's hand is over everything you know like when the israelites are even being attacked and maybe thinking like where's god in this like he's he's over all of it you know in all these situations you can see like god is using it all for his glory and for his plan yeah so that's why when i preached on that passage a couple years ago or a year ago when we finished Mm -hmm. genesis after two years of going through genesis right i'm like this verse is the story of the entire Bible. Yeah. It's the entire story of Genesis. Mm-hmm. God creates it good. It falls. We're going, what in the world? How could God create and let this thing fall apart? Yeah. It's, go, it's a downward spiral of murder and the flood, all these mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And yet that's the whole story of the Bible as well, that things look desperate. And yet God takes right. what we mean for evil and he's already intended it for good. He's already yeah. orchestrated and planned it for good. Right. Yeah. That That is a massive God. That is a great God. That is a God unlike anything that we see in any other false religion, Mm -hmm. right? This is, this is the true God of scripture. So now maybe you're a smart person. You're asking, okay, so you're saying God's in control and I'm free. Sorry. How can that be the case? Mm -hmm. I I see the scriptures. I can kind of get how you might get there, but how, how could this be true? These things are, they're diametrically opposed, right? They're mutually exclusive, whatever. And the answer for that is actually pretty simple, okay, as to how, how these things can fit together. Mm-hmm. We've seen that they're stated to fit together, but the question of how they could work together, is the answer is pretty simple. You ready for it? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think anyone knows. Right. I don't, there's, yeah. no, there's no answer given to us in Scripture. Mm-hmm. So we can confidently and humbly say mm-hmm. we can't answer that question. Someday, maybe God will answer it for us. But just because we don't know something doesn't mean it's not true. Yeah. Do, I mean, yeah. do you ever think sometimes about the insane limitations of human knowledge? Oh, yeah. Like, like I was thinking about how, don't they say that 
like light is a like a wave and a particle or something like totally nonsensical yeah. but that's what they or, or like subatomic particles that yeah. that just make no sense to us or or even something just on a practical everyday level which is i went to a sleep doctor one time and i i asked the doctor mm-hmm. why do we sleep right and he's like ah we don't we don't know yeah like you don't you don't know that i mean people have some guesses well, I, right I there's some tons of like things that you think would be like so simple and it's like oh well you don't actually know yeah and we're constantly like looking back in time and be like oh well those people were dumb but now we yeah. know yeah they know? were idiots right? and i'm sure in the future people are going to look back at us and be like oh they were yeah. dumb back then how do, how do we not know that so yeah. the bible is full of things that we can't understand we don't have a definite or an explanation of how it works we just know that that it, it is there and it is true right right so christ being god and man right is, is he god or man well he's both yeah well that's impossible how could that be mm-hmm. i don't know i have no idea or the bible is it god's words or was it written by men mm-hmm. it's both it's yeah. both right how is that possible i have no idea we're not told or god being three in one right yeah I mean, that's a fundamental belief we have as Christians. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Yeah. I don't know. And, and in fact, I would expect that if there is a God mm-hmm. and he is great enough to tell this story, that he's going to have certain things about him that are inaccessible to right. me. Yeah. That yeah. he's beyond my understanding. He's much bigger than me. And so he's not going to spell everything out. He doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. He's calling me to trust him and to obey his word. Right. Yeah. We, we have such a, a limited view as humans, you know, and, and God has revealed so much of himself to us through his word. But we also have to understand that there are mysteries we are not going to um, understand this side of glory, you know, and things yet to be revealed to us. Right. Yeah. So we, we should... Praise the Lord for that, and and always remember that He's sovereign over all things. He He's greater than everything in the world, greater than everyone, and He has a plan, you yeah. know. And we just need to to look to Him um, in all that we do, and just remember that. Mm-hmm.